Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at mon3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey, hey friends, Monica here and welcome back to my latest episode of Maiden Speech. Now this podcast, now if I was to introduce you to this person via her website, she would say that she is a leadership and wealth coach, she's a business coach. But I want to share a little bit about my background with her. Um, Now, first things first, we actually did a podcast together about a year ago, which was awesome and all around really learning to love yourself. So I highly recommend that one. But Libby, for me, was the coach that activated so much within me. She is the one that taught me how to forgive myself, how to forgive others, how to properly, truly, deeply love myself and love others. Um, how to tap into my potential, how to believe in myself. She was the catalyst for so much. Everyone who I have forced to journal, you can thank Libby for that. (laughs) And so I'm so excited to have this conversation with her, which is all around healing. The focus is on healing because I feel like this is one of these things that we don't talk about enough in our society. And for those of you who know me so well, you know that I want to have these real conversations where they're not all fluffy. They're not all the feel good, the superficial. This is the deep stuff. And she shares so much of her personal story, which is so powerful. And so I so hope that this inspires you all. And I would love to hear from you guys what you took out of it, what resonated. And without further ado, here she is. Now, Libby Wallace, thank you so, so much for coming back. Feels like so long ago that you were here. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me back. And I feel like it was. Like, I know time-wise, it's not really probably that long, but I think energetically, it's been like years, you know. About 20 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because our last podcast, I remember, it must have been about a year ago, I reckon. 10, 11, yeah. 12 months ago. And I remember sitting on the side of the road recording into my phone and just being like, <laughs> no, I could see my facial then, but you could. Um, yeah. which And we went into so much about like self-love and stuff. And I think this is so beautiful that this is like the next step to that. I feel like once you kind of get that foundation of truly recognizing your worth, then you're able to step into healing, which you are here to tell us all about, which I'm so excited because Everyone that I know and everyone that I work with, um, as you will know because of the Facebook friend requests you get from strangers, um, they all know who you are because I quote you all the time and I talk about you all the time because in terms of my healing, you were the massive catalyst for that. So I'm so grateful for that. So I was just like, okay, we've got to go. We've got to go into this. Um, And one thing I did want to say before I get all serious on it, you know, is... um, you know how you always say, this is one of the things that I quote you on all the time, you know, the, the deeper you dig, the higher you rise. And I was all, I was having this serious moment once and I said, the digger you deep. And I was like, and so now every time I go to say the deeper you dig, I'm like, the digger you deep. <laughs> 
So it's quite good because whenever that phrase needs to come out, it's usually in like an intense moment. So it's quite good because it makes me laugh and then I think of you. Side note. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful. And I think one of the like most beautiful parts about healing is, you know, you only ever do your healing journey for yourself. You know, it's never like you go and heal and you're like, hey, I'm just going to heal the world and forget about myself, which, you know, people do, they try to. But in actual fact, when you dig deep into yourself, journey and into your own journey that's like it just opens up like this you know it's not like you ever set out to heal others but I think just like naturally and organically through your own healing and like really truly like honoring you know going deep into your own journey it just like flows out into everything that you do so I'm like my heart feels so full of hearing that and like knowing that that's been a beautiful part of your journey as well yeah well and I just I love following you online because of the stuff that you share like you always make me feel not crazy like you know when you start to feel all these things that is a good thing but you know you start to feel all this stuff and all this stuff's like coming to the surface and you're like what and that some of the darker emotions that I just feel like we need to discuss because like for example even in one of my women's business groups online yesterday someone threw up a, a post and they said you know, zero to 10, how are you guys feeling right now? And everyone's like two and three. And I was like, yeah, but we're not discussing this. Like that's not, you know, you shouldn't stay there. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's part of the process. But to just accept it without actually being able to have these conversations about how we actually navigate it, how we heal it, how we understand it. I feel like it's just, you know, it's so important that we kind of blow off the shame around feeling your emotions and that, we don't need to be happy clappy all the time, as fun as that is, um, in order to be like that. You know, I just feel like, and I feel like this is one thing, you know, the one word that I told you today that kept coming into my head was around vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that I think is your absolute superpower is the way, you know, and I was thinking about this. I had a flashback to a podcast that I did recently with someone who's a communications expert. And I said to her, you know, when you go into these kind of, corporate sort of office style situations. I said, is there still a lot of kind of shame and stuff around vulnerability? And she said, absolutely, right? That it's still viewed as being weak. And I was thinking about the way that you share online and the power that comes through a screen, even on Instagram, when you share stuff like, and even, you know, oh, just the most basic things that the way that it liberates, like I can feel it when I read that. And I'm like, it literally gives me and everyone else permission to feel. And so I just really like, honestly, it was going to be cry. How many minutes are we? Um, there'll be so much crying in this podcast. You guys Libby always makes me cry. <laughs> but you know, it's like, I, I just feel like so inspired by that, that your vulnerability, your story, the way that you share it, you own it is so powerful you know and it's like it makes you stronger not weaker and anyway I could range about you for so long so maybe you should talk for a little bit um and I would just love for people that don't know you for you to share a little bit about your story and you know how your your alter ego your old life how it used to be for you thank you there's so much that I want to speak into that you've just brought up so I'm excited for where this conversation we led to and just before we even dive into it like for you and I'm on as we're going through this conversation and for everyone who's listening and tuning in if you're able to maybe not maybe not doing this if you're driving but if you would just like to place the hand on your heart and just really begin to breathe in as we open this space so that this may be a conversation 
of deep healing that evokes deep truth and that evokes a deep remembrance, not of everything that is hidden, but of everything that is to be remembered from within you. And as we go through this conversation, just breathing this in and setting the intention to be open and available to receive any specific information that hits home, hits your heart, right at the perfect time for you right now or perhaps it is something that you're going to use or utilize in the coming days or weeks or months and with that just bringing your awareness back and opening in a space with so much gratitude for every single person who is here tuning in for you monica for holding this space and having these conversations and bringing all of your wisdom and grace and strength to everyone who tunes into these podcasts and these conversations not just this conversation but all of them so thank you for your strength and your leadership as well. And with that, welcome. <laughs> Let's tune into the conversation. Um, so, so yeah, going, going into it, um, sort of where to begin? <laughs> where, where to begin? Um, so, I mean, Mon, you know, like, so much of my background and story, but for everyone who have never been connected before, I removing all titles I you know pretty much help people <laughs> it's my job I run a business around helping people whether it's in their business and their soul mission finding their purpose uh healing and discovering their most magnificent purpose and self-wealth and how they're here to make an impact in the world and my journey really started like consciously tomorrow it's going to be exactly four and a half years ago um, so it's tomorrow's the 30th of July, 2020. So on the 30th of January, 2016, I woke up in hospital and I pretty much like miraculously survived a drunken suicide attempt. And when I, when I think back now to that version of me in the hospital bed, who was just lying there sobering up, I don't think I'd actually been asleep, but I had another night out. I'd had, you know, so many glasses of wine on just a casual Friday night. It was a Saturday morning that I was sobering up. And I was there in the hospital bed and, you know, I, I was looking around me and it was just this moment of like, what is my life about? Like, has it really come to this point where I'm lying here heartbroken my boyfriend who long story short is now my husband but you know he had left me in that moment he couldn't handle my drinking anymore uh you know i was pretty much broke i had a really good job i was always like work hard play hard and i'd always done really well in my career and lived a really like externally amazing life and traveling and you know you know mentoring and helping people achieve their goals and their dreams but on the inside i was just like absolutely broken there were days and and weeks and months where unless I was drinking or going out partying I it took me everything to get out of bed each day you know it took me everything to to put my uniform on and go to work or um you know on the weekends the only way I would get out of bed is if I was going to a party or if I was going to go day drinking or if I was going to have a champagne breakfast or put vodka in my coffee in the morning you know like and, and so to get to this point when I was lying in the hospital bed and the doctors around me telling me, like, you are so lucky to be alive. Like, we have no idea how you survived. I could feel the magnitude of what they meant. Like, I could feel the, the significance of 
of that moment and of surviving. And I, I knew that I had two choices available to me. I could go back to the way that I'd always lived, which was, you know, fun. Like you could count on me to shout you tequila, even if it was putting me more in debt on my credit card. Like, you know, you could shout, you know, count on me to have a good time and go out partying and, and clubbing all weekend. Absolutely. But I also knew that I wasn't, I was either going to end up dead or in jail. Like there were no other options if I went down that path. And so that moment is kind of like like the most pivotal moment of my life. And I laugh now about it, which is kind of like, I know that you shouldn't laugh about your worst moments of your life, but I do. And it makes me laugh because it's like I literally had to hit rock bottom to change my life. And it truly was rock bottom. Like I landed on concrete, which is rock. And, you know, I damaged my legs and I still pay the price for that in my physical body. But I'm like so grateful every time I feel my leg aching because I'm like, I'm alive. Like, you know, if that's what I escaped with, you know, as well as my loss of identity and dignity and all of that, if the only physical injury that I still have from that is, is a sore leg sometimes, then beautiful. Like how wonderful is that? Um, so I kind of... Uh, yeah, like from that moment, I've really just been taking it one day at a time to, to change, literally change my entire life. Every single aspect of my life is, is different. Like every, I, I can't think of one aspect of my life that is the same as four and a half years ago. Uh, so that's a little overview. It's a nutshell version. I hope that's insightful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I just learned something new about you that I never knew, which was I never realized that you and Dane split up. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. He, um, so this is something that I've actually, I think the processing that I've done over the last, probably the last 18 months, but especially, especially this year, actually, I've been doing a lot of my own inner work. And like you said before, like you can only grow as deep as you dig. And so in order to grow and whether it's in business, whether it's in your, as in your role as a leader, whether it's like a holding space for more people, whether it's, you know, whatever aspect of your life you're wanting to grow in, it, it requires a new version of you. And so, you know, like I teach this, so of course I'm going to do it myself. Right. <laughs> and this year as for every single one of us has been one of the most deepest, insightful, transformative years. If we have led it, you know, many of us are stuck in the cycle of like what's happening to me. I don't know. And we go into fear, which is fine. We can go into that in a moment as well. If we want. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing about it was accepting and forgiving myself for so many things that I kind of swept under the rug of the person that I was when I was drunk. And yes, I was drunk. Yes, I was like, you know, whether we want to go down the spiritual path and speaking of this and, you know, super impacted by, you know, energy around all that darkness. And so I definitely wasn't you know, operating my highest. However, this year, in order to be taking a deeper sense of responsibility for for other people, it's required me to take a deeper sense of responsibility for myself as well, which has meant going into all the places where I've acted or or behaved out of integrity and out of, you know, my authentic truth and what I would like for myself to be operating in. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things that I've kind of like let go of, probably more recently actually, that came up was the person that I was and the partner that I was towards Dane, my husband now, when I was drunk. And, you know, I was awful. I was like abusive towards him. I was, um, you know, when I was drunk, I was super argumentative. Like I was just not a good person, you know, I, not a good partner to be with. And I'd been like that to all my other partners as well. And that all left. 
And so in that moment where we had a, we'd actually had an argument, you know how if you're in a relationship and you often like, if you're out drinking, it's just kind of normal that a couple will argue, like that's kind of a gift. I don't know about you, but every relationship <laughs> I've been in, if we're out drinking together, there's always an argument. Not one, but you know what I mean. And so this night, like last night of drinking was no different. And we got home and we'd had an argument and, you know, I was like kicking holes in the wall and he like put me into bed. But he'd said to me the week before, like, if this ever happens again, like the week before my, my um, last night of drinking, I was, I had another bender. I'd been out all night, didn't get home till like, who knows? I think he drove around Wellington like looking for me. And I was like walking on the curb with my shoes in my hands, like <laughs> lost my bag and everything. And this was like the last straw. And he goes, if this happens again, like we are done. Like I am not tolerating being in a relationship with someone who is abusive, just like disrespectful, you know, like going out like that. It's just like, it's not respectful to him, to, to, our, to our relationship. Um, he said, it's over. Like I'm not tolerating this anymore. Fair, fair enough. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. High five, Dane. <laughs> high five, Dane. You know, and so when he followed through with that, the weekend after, when I was like abusive and obnoxious and like punching holes in the wall and, um, you know, just again, like not a nice person to be around. And he called my parents in, uh, like when I, like lying on the ground outside he'd seen what had happened called the ambulance the police got called from the neighbors because they could hear all this noise going on and and so he called my parents and said hey there's been an accident your daughter's on her way to the hospital right now uh and luckily there were like witnesses to the whole situation and what had happened and so they could vouch that no it was not dane beating me up it was actually me being abusive towards him and so yeah, so he decided that no longer was he going to be around that. No longer was he going to be putting himself in that situation. So I was in hospital, like my parents were there. I had no recollection of anything that happened. So I found this all out through like third parties. And I've kind of actually over the last, probably the last nine months, had pieces of my memory coming back in from that mm. situation through my own journeying and meditation and everything. So that's been pretty like pretty humbling and pretty um, ego shattering. And then in that, in that first initial days, the first initial days where I had made the commitment to never drink again, I had made the commitment to do whatever it took to be the person that I knew that I was, not the person that I created an identity around, which was, you know, like party girl, drinking, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I had a concussion that week, so I wasn't allowed, like, TV or any stimulation whatsoever. And I was just lying there in bed, like, literally thinking about life, you know, like, who was I? How do I do this thing? Like, I didn't even know anyone who didn't drink at that time. Like, it, didn't, it was just a whole new world that, that I had no idea about. And so in that week, I did a lot of journaling. Uh, I did a lot of, like, forgiveness and self-acceptance and like learning how to make peace with my actions and you know really learning how to be human really learning how to be you know an adult in the world that was ready to ready to heal ready to become the the person that I knew that I was and so through making these commitments not for anyone else purely for myself I had also you know let Dane have his space I didn't contact him um 
I think I think I in the early days like we had some communication through my mom like how you know like embarrassing <laughs> is that like kind of cute though yeah it's like high school and, um, exactly exactly <laughs> and then there was a moment where I was like I'm I'm ready to take responsibility for this and so I sent Dane some flowers and mm-hmm. I, you know I was living it back at home with my parents at this stage. And um, apparently that day he'd been asking the universe for a sign, you know, like, what do I do? Like, he obviously loved me and didn't want to break up with me, but he also didn't want to tolerate the, the behavior that I was, you know, displaying like every single weekend. Mm. And so he got home from work that day and there was this bunch of flowers from me on the doorstep. And he, he said in that moment, that was when he knew that it was all going to be okay. Meanwhile, I'm at home mm. freaking out because I'm like, I've just lost, you know, another relationship. Like I truly thought he was the one. I truly thought that we were going to be happy forever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I've lost him. Like I've got to do anything. So I'd sent him flowers. I got a message from him the next day saying like, got your flowers. Thank you so much. Um, I think that was it. And I said, look, I know that I'm giving you space right now. Like I'm not going to impede on your space or whatever, but when you feel ready, I would love to have a conversation. And so we scheduled a conversation, like a phone call for a couple of days time from then. And in that conversation, it was kind of my, I went into the conversation just kind of like, look, I, I fucked up real, like real bad, like really, really, really bad. And I know that you don't have to forgive me. I know that you don't have to believe me. Uh, but look, I'm changing my life. I, you know, I still love you. Uh, I'm so sorry for everything that I have, that I have put you through. And I, you know, I've made the decision to, to not ever drink again. Like I'm ready to change my life. And so in that moment, he was like, okay, well, I'll do it with you. And so that was kind of like, only like a week that we were broken up, but it was like the longest week of my life. Um, So yeah, so there you go. There's a little little story as well. (laughs) Wow. I'm learning so many fun facts about Libby. Okay. How incredible though that like, because you had a concussion, you couldn't even watch TV. So there was literally nothing you could do other than be with yourself. Yeah. If the universe yeah. just forced you to, no, now. Like, we're doing this now, today. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Exactly. And it was like, it's funny because, you know, so many people, especially over the lockdown period, have, you know, have told me, like, the only way that I managed to get through lockdown, you know, this is what I'm hearing from other people, the only way that I've managed to get through lockdown is through drinking, is through knowing that at five o'clock I can have a glass of wine, or knowing that at, you know, whatever it is that I can, that I can unwind. And I, I was like, a couple of things, <laughs> like absolutely shocked that, first of all, that alcohol was a, what is it called? An essential item. Service. Coffee, was yes. It? So, I, was I like, know. What? Wasn't that crazy? <laughs> wow. So crazy. And <laughs> that, we've crea- that we've created a society where it is so normalized to create a life or, or that we can't even be with ourselves. And so, you know, when, when people go, oh, you know, like, how boring like you're sober you know when I was first starting out it was like well sober's one label for it but you know here I am trying to learn how to love myself trying to learn how to be with myself so that I don't constantly need to escape or rely on you know drugs or alcohol to to be human um 
yeah, so it was like probably the most challenging week of my life. But at the same time, like, I don't know if there could have been another way. It was almost like I had to be thrown in the deep end in order to learn how to swim, you know? Like if it was like, yeah, if it wasn't so extreme, I don't know if I would have made <laughs> made that level of choice and commitment. So Yeah, well, that's the yeah. thing. It kind of feels like you were in so deep that it was going to take something like massive to propel you out of that. So that was what was required. Yeah. Hey, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so exactly. interesting. So um, I just finished running a four-week project, which I call the Self-Worth Project, not to you yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And what was so interesting was that the first call, I talked about masking, right? And as you were talking about this, like alcohol is one of the masks. But do you yeah. know some of the other masks that came up, one of the biggest ones is social media, that mm -hmm. everyone just scrolls, scroll, 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 as a way of avoiding all of these things that we're about to discuss, you know, that are lurking under yeah. the surface. And it's just so interesting though, how normalized it is. Yeah, everyone drinks two beers after work. Everyone goes yeah. out drinking in the weekends. Um, alcohol is an essential service. And I yeah. sort of, what? I know that was my exact reaction. And then I thought, isn't that so sad though, that maybe if they had, if they had closed all the liquor stores, it would have created so many issues for people with withdrawals and that sort of thing that actually yeah. it was safer to keep it open. It was safer yeah. to enable that behavior. Then isn't that so sad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And honestly, like if you've spent a lifetime and like you said, like scrolling and there was one moment a couple of months into my sobriety journey where I was like sitting on, I think it was a rainy day. I was sitting on the couch and I was like eating a bag of Doritos and I was like on my phone, like scrolling. And then I had like something on the TV, something on my, on my, on my laptop, like Netflix. And I was like, I kind of just had this like epiphany where I was like left my body and looked at my reality. I was like, what the fuck are you doing Libby? Like you, 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 you're so like, it's so challenging to be fully present with yourself that there's like all the escape mechanisms like all at the same time and you know when you, when you spend your life like escaping which is what we're taught to do you know we're not taught how to deal with our emotions we're not taught how to deal with our traumas we're not taught how to communicate uh you know our feelings and um one of the biggest biggest tools or the biggest, I guess, learnings and, and insights that, that got me through was realizing that it's okay to process emotions. And, you know, there are, there are moments, and like you said, like if, they, if um, alcohol wasn't an essential service, people having to deal with their emotions not safely and not understanding that it was okay to feel mm -hmm. is like, you know, like if I didn't have awareness of, of suicide, there would have been moments that, you know, that I definitely, I don't know if I would have had the awareness that I would have to choose to live, you know, like it, it can get that, it got that dark in those moments that if I didn't have a will to live in those, in those moments, I don't know if I would have, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah. So from that aspect, it's understandable. And then we get to look at the other side of like, well, if this is the society that we live in, then, then how do we, how do we teach people that it's okay to be present with yourself? How do, how do we teach people that it's okay to, to, to finish work and not have to have two beers or that there's other ways to unwind rather than, you know, consuming this poison or, you know, there, there are so many, so many, so many ways that, you know, that we can look at this and even that this conversation can go, you know, like, yeah. 
there, there's like the positive side of healing, which is, I think, you know, the side that so many people look at but can't necessarily relate to. And then there's the deep darkness. And for me, it was always like this feeling. And, you know, I'm sure that like most people can relate to this in some way if you've experienced this level of darkness of just like feeling so trapped in your body that it's like there's nowhere to go. Like there, there's literally that like, you're like, where do I, okay, I can go to the beach, I can go to the ocean, I can go outside, but I'm still in my body. Like I just, it, it, you just feel so trapped. And in those moments, are like definitely for me, that was like the, the, the darkest, 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 you know, like yeah. going into that. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. all the yeses. It's like the yeah. word that comes to mind is hopelessness. That's, that's mm. for me, when you're so, and like, even though you know, because it's like we've been through this so many times, you know that it's just a day where stuff's yeah. coming up. But in your head, you're like, this is the end of the world. This is the end of my life. What's the point? And yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. And yeah. it's like, we just don't talk about this. And then we throw, oh, you're depressed. You're anxious. Oh my gosh. I'm reading um, this book, Untamed, at the moment. Glennon Doyle. Have you read that yet? No, no, Untamed. Sounds yeah. Good. And she's talking all about feeling the feelings and emotions and stuff. And it's, yeah. oh, it's so perfect. And she's talking about how every time she sat on the floor and she was like, it's too much. I can't handle it. And it was never yeah. too much, even though it feels like it. And I so identified with that feeling of just like, I'm at the end, like I'm done, like leave me here to die, you know? And it's just like, actually, no. Then you wake up the next day and you're like, I actually feel quite lighter because I <laughs> let all that stuff go. All that yeah. toxic crap that's been yeah. under the surface that whole time. It's been making me feel rubbish. I felt so shit coming back up and now it's gone. It's like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it's like, yeah, and it, it's literally like there's a couple of ways. Like, what was the meme that you tagged me the other day on Facebook? And it was like that. It was like, yeah, the onion. Like, in yeah. order to get to go through the growth process, and in in order to like, if you imagine a beautiful teacher um, on YouTube, what's her name's Elizabeth April. She had this really beautiful analogy, and we've all heard of like the layers of healing, like an onion. But she had this beautiful analogy that if you imagine your, you know your human is the onion and your soul is the middle of the onion. And in order to connect fully with source in this life and in order to connect fully with your, you know, most enlightened self requires the removal of all the layers. And, you know, the human has so many layers like the onion, but every time that a, a layer is peeling off in order to get you closer to your state of enlightenment and connecting with source is like, the the disconnect the why is this happening the when is this going to end like what is this all for what's the point of this and then the worst one yeah. <laughs> or the best one whatever way you look at it um i like and i don't know if anyone else can relate to this but you know is like oh my pain's not even that bad like i had no reason to feel this level of pain i have no reason to feel this level of darkness like when i look at my life it's actually really at the end of the day compared to what many people experience is actually okay mm -hmm. and you know my i grew up my father had like depression and bipolar and adhd and i uh, was always talking about how his pain was worse than anyone else's mm -hmm. and so you know like if i was talking about it you know addiction or depression he's like yeah but you don't actually know you know like you yeah you might be in pain but not real pain, you know? And so we get into this like state of comparison and Eckhart Tolle as well. He's a beautiful, I can't remember the exact words, but the, the job of the ego is to be like, you know, my pain is worse than yours or the other way, like, oh, your pain is worse than mine. So why do I feel so shitty about feeling so shitty? And yeah. it's like this, <laughs> we could go into this for so, so long, but it's like, 
<laughs> when we when we come back to the state of being without analyzing every single thing that's happening and simply saying like, oh, okay, well, this is a feeling. This is an emotion. I'm not, I've never really processed feelings or emotions, you know, I've never really like, oh, I'm excited. How do I be excited without a glass of champagne? I'm celebrating. How do I celebrate without bubbles? You know, yeah. I've had a hard day. How do I have a hard day without a gin and tonic? You know, and we go through this like, how do I actually process the emotions? And when we give ourselves permission to release the, the labels or the, you know, the analytical aspect of like, what's happening? Why is this happening? What's going on right now? And we simply allow ourselves to feel yeah. as painful as it is. Yeah. We move through it way quicker. <laughs> way quicker. Yes. Yes. That's so how it sounds. Like, it sounds so good when you say that loud, when you're in it, you know, and you're talking about it was the longest week of your life when you go split up and it's like, this is how it feels when you're in the midst of this you're like, this is the longest 10 years and it's been 10 minutes. And you're like, you know, but it's, um, but it's, it's so, uh, it's so true. And like, it's so funny, like the layer, you know, the onion thing, because I often, honestly, because you were the one that really got me into, especially forgiveness, like journaling, forgiving myself, forgiving others. I, I kind of, I laugh all the time and you often pop into my head. Like it must be exhausting the amount of time you spend in my head, but, um, <laughs> like all right you know like you've done all this all this work to release something and this happened to me on friday last night uh, last week and i was thinking all the stuff started to pop into my head again and i felt it in my body and i felt like anxiety and fear and i was like seriously we've already done this work and i was like no that was round one and i'm like no <laughs> like, round yeah. one took two weeks you know i'm like but i'm in a way different way stronger more self-aware position now but it was yeah. just like that thing of it being a process like it really is isn't it it's like what we think you know it's like it's actually one tiny little layer but we go deeper and deeper and deeper um and then you do get stronger and you get more you become more aware i think one of the things is paying attention to like all of the times that things have happened before. And even when you're in that and the darkness is something chronic, like I, I can't even put it into words, you know, and I, I'm trying really hard now to speak to people about this because I think it's so important. Like you say, you know, we, we aren't taught to feel and, and all the labels that we throw on it, like this is good. This is bad. Well, it's, it's not, it just is, but it's, mm -hmm we are in this society where we're taught to only be happy. And if you're mm -hmm. not happy, then something's wrong. So you should take a pill. And it's like, mm -hmm. but that's not where the growth is. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. Did you say um, this, that movie, Little Miss Sunshine? This always popped into my head. No, no, uh, and, Oh yeah, you don't watch movies, do you? I'm always trying <laughs> to talk to you about movies and you've never seen any of them. <laughs> No, Mom, you're gonna be you're gonna be impressed. I I have just started watching. You're gonna love this. Just wait for it. I have just started watching the third Harry Potter. I watched the first two now. Wow, wow. I am impressed. I mean it took you a little while, but we'll get there in the end. That's good because I saw Dane posted something on his story the other day and I commented back and he said, Oh, Ravenclaw and I was like, Excuse me? I was like Gryffindor, Gryffindor. Then I was like, we should binge it together because Harry Potter is next level. See, it always comes up in my podcast. So. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that is good. But yeah, Little Miss Sunshine, write that down as well. Um, but there was this this really epic scene in 
the uncle was speaking to his son and his, his son had, uh, has, has, oh my God, my words. The uncle was speaking to his nephew and his nephew had just realized that his dream of becoming a pilot wasn't going to happen. And the uncle had just attempted suicide and he was just taught, it was this beautiful moment where they were talking about how, yeah, the growth happens in the hard moments. Like you don't get anywhere. Like when you're happy, it's awesome. But the expansion, the growth, the learning, the lessons come from those harder moments, which again, yeah. is so easy to say on a podcast, but people need to know that when we're not here, we're doing so much of this work within ourselves, <laughs> which is why, like, it is hard. It is hard. <laughs> yeah. It is it, and here's the thing, it's interesting, the last couple of weeks, um, or this actually, in, when was it, about a year, just over a year ago, I really started becoming super interested in shamanism. So I was, you know, doing lots of like online study and reading books. And then in December, I started my training in Hawaii. And so I've been on this journey all year, really going deep into working. Like, it, it was almost like, you know, my journey of sobriety has had so many different, it's, a, it's definitely the healing journey, right? I was healing from my addiction. But what I realized was if I wasn't necessarily healing from my addiction, I was actually healing from traumas that I experienced, which had created the addiction, which, you know, when I look back far mm. enough, when I go deep into this, you know, there was a whole lot of things that even contributed to that, you know, generations and coming back to like working with ourselves as holistic beings and realizing that there is so much more to us than we have ever ever known in our in our modern western lives and one of the things that really intrigues me and kind of it started actually in that moment that i was talking about before with the doritos and you know <laughs> it was raining outside and i was like what, what am i doing like seriously i went out into nature and it was pouring with rain and i kind of it was like I didn't go to AA. I just, it didn't resonate with me. The medical um, professionals that I went to said they couldn't help me because I had too much self-awareness of what they would usually be working with someone through. And I was like super committed to my journey. So they were like, well, we yeah, so we can't help you. Um, and I didn't want to take medication. I didn't want to rely on a, a, the medication that they were telling me to take in order to heal from an addiction to drugs. I was like, to me, it just seemed like a big paradox. So I went on it by myself, but the biggest healer before I found Facebook groups, before I found, you know, spiritual teachers, before I found groups and circles and that sort of thing was nature, was the trees, was, was the rain, was the ground, was, was the river. And I know it sounds crazy. Like I literally, if I'm stuck now, I'll go outside and be like, tree, teach me something. And I'm like, this brings from its wisdom. Yes. And it, but recently going through, you know, collectively at the moment, we're in a massive winter, right? Where we look at, if we look at life either in a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade, a, a generation, it's filled with all of these different seasons. Um, you know, think of it as like a season inception, you know, there's literally like every day there's a season, every, you know, the, the four seasons, every week there's the four seasons, every month there's the four seasons. And collectively at the moment we're in a winter, you know, we, and so part of my journey this year especially has been really going deep within and it's almost like if we, if we look at what nature does and teaches us about the importance of winter, of freezing, of, you know, feeling so stuck and stagnant and frozen, mm -hmm. right? And we look at actually what is the benefit of that? 
Okay, what is the benefit of that? Well, in the winter is when nature strengthens. It learns how to combat the storms. It learns how to combat the cold and the ice and the freezing and the letting go of everything that it ever knew from the season before. And it is so much stronger for when the time of growth in spring and summer it comes again. Like, so when we begin to let go of this idea that going within and hibernation and, and state, I don't even want to call it like, it's not necessarily um, being stagnant, but it feels like it sometimes mm. is, is not only okay, it's essential for growth, you know, essential for our highest alignment to that and quantum leaping and, you know, allowing ourselves to embody more self-love and how to love others more, mm. you know, there's, um, yeah, <laughs> there's something in there that I could, I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> I yeah, about this. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing to actually, I love about that analogy with winter is that winter, it's like it looks like nothing's happening, but so much is happening under the surface. And so I feel like, oh, I have goosebumps. I, um, I feel like it just requires faith. It requires you to believe in what you can't yet see. Because then in spring, boom, daffodils everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it's truly like letting go of the the perceived or the you know the ideas of uh, you know what we what we are kind of expecting, and just letting ourselves really tap into our alignment with our state of being. But you know, we are quite literally the planet. Like if you think about it, like we we. We are what we consume. Our cells regenerate every, you know, it was like, you know, every so often. <laughs> We're a whole new body every seven years. Like seven years ago, you weren't even the same physical being that you are today. Mm. And, and when you remember that and you realize that you quite literally become everything that you consume, and I mean, you know, whether you eat meat or whatever, it doesn't matter. You, you literally become that. And so everything that we consume is of the earth, you know, and when we remember that, oh, yeah, we are actually part of the earth you know as well as these beautiful spiritual beings you know experiencing this human human life and we realize that ah oh yeah what what would happen if instead of me thinking that i knew best for my life i let go of these preconceived ideas of what i want to happen and instead i set the intention and let the universe kind of flow through me and guide me to whatever is going to be my highest alignment you know and i simply know that everything that is happening is for my highest good. And when you can like understand that, not just on a, on a conscious level, but understand it with every cell of your body and every part of your being, then even in the darkest, darkest, darkest moments and days, regardless of where you are in your healing journey, when you just feel so disconnected and so just like just the, the, the void or even the, the emptiness that can, that can often be part of the healing process, you know, even in those moments, even when your ego tries to tell you like you know, all the things that it tries to tell you, you know that it is happening for your highest. There is no doubt about it. And that is true faith. That is true faith. You can go through those moments knowing that it is happening for your highest. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And faith is something that's been on my mind so much for the last 48 hours is something that needs to be discussed because I think there's so much there's a there's been a lot shown to us about what we don't you know so people attribute God or a higher power to being judgmental and angry and it's not it's love so but it's like bringing that back bringing our awareness back to that and again stripping back the labels that's like the theme of this conversation isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> pulling off the labels 
we just are we just are like um and i feel like faith is in terms of like in terms of my healing strengthening mm -hmm. my faith muscle has been the difference between like being happy like you know not just being happy but thriving um, and yeah. moving forward and st keeping myself in prison effectively it's like i love that you said flow because that's the word that was popping in my head as well like the um and it's like, but you've got to have that faith in order to do, in order to let go, you have to remember that we live in a friendly universe that's on our side, that's for us. But it's like, if you don't believe that, then how do you ever let go? How do you, yeah, you just have to, like, it's like, if you open your eyes, you'll see magnificence everywhere, but you've yeah. got to be willing to. And I guess this yeah. goes against our human nature too, though, which wants us to control or wants to know. Our ego wants to know, how are you going to make that money? How are we paying our rent this week? If I work nine to five for this many years and then I can send my kid to this school and it's like, <laughs> but there could be so many, you know, it's so interesting. Like, how do you find that when you're, you know, supporting people as well in terms of like the role of the ego in the healing journey? <laughs> it's, just cut it's just cut out a little bit when you ask that question. Man. It always cuts out when I'm about to say something awesome. You should have been there. <laughs> no, I was just asking about how do you find sort of the role of the ego, how the ego pops in and affects, you know, people's moving through their, their healing journey. Cause I feel like the ego has probably been the hardest thing for me to crack, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so many years of just loathing myself. And so that voice has been so loud and so vicious and like, so getting to that point where, yeah, you can forgive yourself and accept yourself and and not judge yourself for everything that you used to do. It's like, but your ego is like, but you're still like this and people think this and it's 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 nuts. And again, we don't talk about this. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, there is so much in this. And, you know, it's interesting. Like when we when we think of that, our ego's job, you know, we can look at this from like you know, a spiritual and energetic perspective or, you know, mental and psychological, like and there are so many different layers to it. When we know that, you know, we have choice available to us, we have free will available to us. And when we are in these moments, you know, one of the biggest things is that prevents people from truly stepping into their higher self is, is fear. You know, it truly is we, with the control, the, the, you know, believe, not believing it's possible, the, the hardship or the wanting to know how. And the ego is, I truly, like, it's only from the human, right? It's like our brain, we use the, the fight or flight mechanism in our brain, which is operating from a place of survival. Now, the ego's job is to keep us alive, okay? So many, you know, lots of spiritual communities will say like you know transcend the ego i don't think that is helpful and i don't think that is actually you know a correct thing to be seeking okay for myself and for everyone that i that i work with mm. is like when we can learn to work with our ego rather than avoiding it yeah. okay it's like it allows us that level of surrender even more and when i guess like one of the biggest things is like educating yourself as well through your healing journey. But when we think of the ego and we know that, okay, we're in this human life, right? We're in this human body. We, we kind of need a mechanism to keep us alive, you know? Otherwise, if we didn't fear death, 
then we, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And death is an essential part of life because if we didn't, if we didn't have an end point, we wouldn't feel the, the, the necessity to grow and evolve at the rate that we do in this human life. We're given each life and it is very, very short, you know, in the scheme of things, a very short period of time. And so our natural instinct is to keep us alive, like, right, keep us alive, keep us alive, keep us alive. And so when we go through life and we've got these, you know, our brains guiding us and keeping us safe and, you know, it develops this awareness of what is safe and what is not safe. And so whether this be like, I could be working with someone in their business and about making more money. Okay. And I, I might actually share a really cool thing that happened to me recently around what the ego was doing in terms of like up leveling in my business and leadership and supporting more people. But when we know as a foundation that the ego's job is just to keep you alive. Okay. When you can love it, you can love, you know, Oh, thank you so much ego for, you know, telling me that you don't think I'm worthy to receive that amount of money you know i appreciate you however it is actually okay and it is actually safe and when we go deeper into this and we realize that as we have been brought up in our life okay if we use the years of like newborn or like even in utero right when a when a when a soul is in, in the womb it is still developing an ego it is still developing a sense of how to survive in the world and when we're born from that moment it's almost like we're just so malleable and our awareness of what to believe about how to be human and how to survive and how to you know get by in society and how to how to not get kicked out from our family not get kicked out from our tribe and if we go back you know and i'm not i know many like tony robbins for example is a great teacher of this you know like our egos are doing everything possible to keep us alive so we have to learn how to be human however Whatever we are told or whatever we are influenced by, especially between those ages of zero and seven, and then again between seven and 12, is information that is stored as to how to live, what is going to keep us alive, and what is going to, like, not keep us alive. <laughs> like, it's going to be not situation. Okay. So this information can get stored either in the brain or in the body. Okay. And when we think about ourselves you know, I mean, gosh, this is such a massive topic. Like I can, we can go back into like how this is passed down generationally as well as societally, as well as collectively, you know, like you and I were brought up in the same country. So we're going to have very similar uh, belief systems that are attached to us because of the country that we've been brought up in. But because we were brought up in different families, we'll have different, like slightly different, like that's kind of like our inner, our innermost ego protective layer. And then we've got like the community, then we've got the country, and then we've got, you know, the Western world is a very different belief system than where I'm living in the moment in Bali, right? And so we've got all of these beliefs and these ways of being that you have to abide by in order to survive. This, this is what your ego thinks, right? So in order to survive, you have to wear these clothes, get this education, get this job. You have to stay within this income bracket until you're this age because that's just what everyone around you does. And if you don't do that, then, oh, tall poppy syndrome, who does she think she is for trying to be bigger than, you know, what big boots yes. you whatever yeah. 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 <laughs> So these are, these are all different, almost like, I mean, I, we could literally write books about the, the difference between like ego and soul, but I really I think it's just super important that you have to remember that you have the ability to make choices and simply decide whatever it is that you want to achieve. 
And when you realize that anything that is opposing that idea of what it is that you want to achieve, for example, you want to go and start a business or for example, you want to go and start a podcast or do, you know, write a book or whatever it is. And you know that you get to decide what choices you make in order to make that happen or what beliefs you get to believe in order to make that come into fruition. Now, there's a whole other layer of like information and emotions that are stored in our body from perhaps past experiences that have um, affirmed or confirmed a particular negating belief about your dreams. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, okay, so one thing that I, that I worked through very recently and it just like blew my mind because I was like, holy crap, like I knew this stuff in theory, but to be experiencing it firsthand is like super cool. And, you know, going through this process of really listening to your higher self, really listening to your soul, really listening to the, the, the whisper within that says, hey, you are so amazing. You can do whatever you want to do in this life. Go for it. And then you've got all of the other noises within your own body, within your thoughts, within your, your, your feelings. You might have anxiety. You might have sensations in your body that like, don't necessarily have exact thoughts attached to them that might negate that, that desire or that knowing. And so when I was looking at everything that I'm stepping into, and you know, I've set some pretty like crazy out there intentions for myself for the next 18 months. And I've been you know, doing my own energetic work and really beginning to ask, like, what do I get to choose in order to align with that whisper, with that knowing, with my higher self's calling? And what was coming up was this really, really unusually loud fear of responsibility. Like this really like, you know, I'd I'd suppressed it for years and years and years. And I'd always kind of been there just kind of like gnawing a little bit at me. And I was like, I can't ignore this anymore. Like, let me go into this. What is, why, why do I have, what is this fear of responsibility? It doesn't make sense. And when I tuned into it and I was going through my own practices and meditation and and really beginning to look at what beliefs am I holding on to that are like trying to keep me safe and alive because our body doesn't know that, you know, surpassing this level of growth is is not necessarily a life or death situation. It just knows, okay, that's not safe because whatever. (laughs) And so in that moment, I was like going into it. And I was like, what is this belief? This is so unusual. And what it was, was my great, I saw my, in meditation, my grandfather as a little boy and his mother, who was uh, bringing up a family of like, I, I can't remember if it was like three or four, for a lot of children in the 1930s in the time of the Great Depression. And her fact, she was, her husband was off at war. So she was like technically a single mother trying to raise her children with no money and the sense of responsibility to provide for her family was like, like I just, I could feel the anxiety that she must have felt at that time flooding through me. And by seeing that and realizing that, oh my gosh, I have been carrying this, this from the ego, right? This belief system of do like, don't carry that amount of responsibility because it's not safe mm. from my great grandmother you know, like nearly a hundred years ago, mm. I like was is just like, I mean, I knew, I know the stuff in theory and I've seen it, but just to have that, like that level of, of experience, like literally it was a couple of weeks ago, it was really cool. Um, you know, and that's the level of when we give ourselves permission to go, I don't care what, <laughs> what my body is telling me, what my ego is saying, what my thoughts are saying. I know 100% that that is what I want to achieve. 
you know, what my higher self, what my soul is guiding me to. And I know that everything that is happening to try and prevent me is simply a belief from somewhere, you know, it doesn't, it could be societally, ancestrally, generationally, past life, you know, from somewhere that is trying to keep me small so that I don't have to go through that level of pain that, that I perceive that I might experience. Yeah. So hopefully that like gives you a little bit of an insight and makes a little bit of sense. <laughs> There's a lot in there. Totally. Totally. I think that's the key, right? It's like, I keep, I keep feeling the word powerful. It's like the key to healing is, I mean, would you, would you agree with this? Really the key to healing is to remembering that you are powerful you have a decision, like you have the power to choose what you believe, what you carry, you know, and I feel like even to go back to you, you know, four and a half years ago, like in hospital where you decided no more, this is not who I am. And it's like, it came from that decision. It wasn't like a, I don't know. No, you're like, no, lie in the sand. Boom. This is what's happening. I love that. Even yeah. with no yeah. way of knowing how you were going to do that, the fact that you'd made the decision is what then allowed all these things to happen. And like for Dane to turn around and say, I'm with you. Like, oh, amazing. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? And that, this is what Tony Robbins yeah, talks about yeah. heaps as well, eh? Like the decide, just decide. And it's like we've forgotten that we have the power to decide, mm -hmm. to call the shots. It's like we're waiting for someone else to give us permission mm -hmm. all the time. <laughs> Yeah, we're waiting for that secret permission slip. <laughs> it's like you are the permission slip. You are the one that gets to choose and gets to. You know, I was thinking about this recently around like, you know, what I was actually was this. It was at lunchtime today. It was it was on the beach going for a walk, and I was just sitting. There was a swing, and I was just sitting on the swing, just you know, just being and enjoying life, and looking at the ocean and. And I was, I just had this overwhelming sense of gratitude for, for this level of freedom that so many women in the world and so many, so many humans in the world don't experience. They, they, they might not ever get to experience it in this life. And first of all, removing the guilt for that, you know, like that was a big part of my journey as well as removing the guilt for, um, for that, but also like realizing that it really truly does come down to sometimes the level of you know, or the, the, the way of life that you want to be living or the type of person that you want to be or the, you know, the magnificence that you want to experience comes down to truly that, what you are choosing every single day. And, you know, I remember, and this is what came through today in my beach meditation, was thinking back to when I must have been a teenager and realizing it was kind of like this moment of like, I don't, I don't ever want to just like grow up and, and get a job like and, 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 and have to do all that, that, that sort of stuff. And like, what? No, well, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, nah, I'm not up for that. <laughs> like, nah. And, and it was kind of like, you know, one of my mentors now, she talks about like, you know, like what is, what is it that you tolerate? And I realized like intuitively back when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15, I had intuitively decided that actually I'm not tolerating a life of like anything less than amazing. Like I'm just not, I'm not tolerating that. I'm, cho I'm choosing. And I, you know, whether it was intentional or not back then, but definitely super just like, I I'm going to do what I want regardless of what, you know, society's, told me that I'm able to do um yeah in, in those moments and I really think that's what everyone like every single one of us has that choice to decide what it is that we are setting our standard for our life as um yeah <laughs> yeah 
Man, we should have brought our pajamas. <laughs> Go all night. Um, one more thing and then one question and then I will let you go. Um, just as you've been speaking, I keep, you know, self-worth is my thing that I'm just absolutely passionate about. And I just keep feeling like in order for us to really become powerful, own our power, there has to be that self-worth there to believe that you're worthy, to believe that you're able, you know, I just feel like they go hand in hand, like healing and self-worth. Yeah. 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 And it's the, it is the same thing. And again, it's like, and it's so funny, like with the, and again, it's like being very mindful not to attach labels to like, am I working on my self-worth? Am I working on my self-love? Am I healing? Like in which I think we can just so easy to get caught up in. And it is simply like, are you, are you choosing to become the best version of yourself? You know, are you choosing in this moment to be the best version of yourself? And if the best version of yourself is lying on the core, lying on the floor, feeling your emotions, you know, is that like on your way to becoming your best self? And absolutely, like the work is, yes, knowing that you are worthy, knowing that you are human and that if you put your feet on the, on the, on the earth and on the ground, that you belong here. You know, if you, if you are here, human, you were born worthy, you're going to die worthy, and you're going to be equally as worthy every single moment in between. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you know what? I actually think we should leave it there. That's a beautiful thought. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> and then I will have many questions because you have to come back, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. I love yeah. that. I love that so much. Amazing. Oh, my head. I've got lots to think about now. Um, but thank you so much for that. That was incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I hope it's been insightful. I know it's a, it's a pretty heavy topic, you know, like I forget that it's heavy for most people. Like it's so, it's, you know, I, I'm in it every single day. I forget that it's, that it's, that can be a very heavy topic. So if you've been here listening this whole time, like, you know, deep honor and gratitude, to you and for you for being here and listening and receiving this so thank you for joining this conversation yeah and thank you Monica for, for having me and opening this conversation as well it's beautiful it's so necessary it's so awesome that you're doing so much in this work because yeah there's so much power in this so much power I take off the label and it's like oh we can actually do anything <laughs> love it amazing well I love you so much and thank you so much for your time and your wisdom um, and I cannot wait to hear from you guys what you took out of this what resonated the most your aha moments as usual flip them through I'd love to hear um, and I'll let Libby know as well what you guys thought yay wicked alright thank, thank you everyone. I'll see you soon bye, <laughs> bye. thank you